Welcome to episode 3 of Kohi Chats. I am Regina, your host. And this is your co-host, James. Hey James, so recently I have been wandering in my thoughts and thinking back to the first episode that we've recorded for this podcast and how one of the topics that we talked about was one of the interesting findings that we have experienced or, or, or have seen in, within Clubhouse. Yeah. And, and one of my uh, interesting, or rather most interesting rooms that I have seen is the Lion King production in Clubhouse. Right, I remember that. So there was all the hype around, you know, virtual concerts within Clubhouse. And if you think about virtual concerts in the broader perspective of quarantine periods, mm. don't that make you miss real life concerts? Ah, uh, yeah, I definitely did. Like, I used to be a frequent goer to concerts myself. So this pandemic, like, I really miss the feeling of going to a physical concert. Mm-hmm. You know, to the point that I purchase a ticket to a virtual live stream concert. Serious? Yeah. What concert was that? Blackpink. Oh, the one, oh, okay, okay. Blackpink happened recently, right? Yeah, about one month ago. About one, oh, month, okay. one month plus. But actually, in you know what? Like virtual concerts, they they have been around for quite some time already. Oh, I didn't know that. They are uh, not like, they are not a thing because of COVID. Oh, really? I mean, I mean they, they are a, a thing that has accelerated in terms of like adoption and consumer behavior, consumer uh, consumption of virtual concerts, but virtual concerts as a concept itself has been around since I think like the 2000s. Oh, I really didn't know that. I've always thought that COVID was the trigger Co- no, no doubt COVID was the trigger. But if you take a look at pre-COVID days, you know, virtual con- uh, virtual concerts first appeared inside metaverses. So the first type of metaverse uh, concerts that we've seen is a live stream of a physical concert inside a 3D virtual world called Second Life. And then that was in, I think it was in the year 2007, if I'm not wrong. And then as, you know, as the years go past, a decade later, um, uh, you know, we are starting to see a second type of uh, virtual concerts forming and that is a virtual concerts within a game construct itself. This means that it is not about a live stream of a physical concert, rather it happens natively online where the performers are avatars and the audience are also avatars. So this includes notable examples like Minecraft, which uh, hosted its first virtual concert in 2018. And in 2019, Fortnite and Marshmallow's collaboration. Oh, I remember that Marshmallow concert that happened in 2019. Yeah, I know you're a big Marshmallow fan. Um, <laughs> uh, I was really following closely that that development because I thought that was completely so cool. Like it was brand new. I, I thought that was brand new, but mm-hmm. now you told me that it has been there for quite some time. It's just that the experience has been transformed to an in-game experience. But yeah, um, maybe I can share a bit of my experience when mm-hmm. I was following that concert. Uh, like I did not, I was not live in the in my Fortnite avatar when the concert happened, but I did follow streamers who streamed the live stream concert. Oh, so you are like a secondary, you are at a secondary consumption level whereby you are consuming content posted by a live streamer who was watching the live stream live. Correct. But even then, I still felt that it was really, really cool. Like, In what sense? Because the experience, the stage, all the environment that Fortnite has set up for Marshmallow at that point in time was very personalized to Marshmallow's image. What I mean by that is, you know that the characters, you can actually get Marshmallow's head within the game itself. Like a digital asset. Correct. And then you actually wear it during the concert. And then, for example, during uh, one of the 
as the as he performed one of mm-hmm. his songs, um, there was a lyrics that says, "I can fly." And you know what happened then? What? All the characters just fly off from the ground. <laughs> so like this, this what? <laughs> experience was completely like new, mm-hmm. and it's not something that you can experience in real life. But definitely, definitely, I wish I could fly in real life. Of course, definitely. But but you're saying that the most interesting thing about that particular virtual concert that struck you was, uh, in addition to the fact that there was this additional experience that you cannot experience physically, the creative direction of the concert is also very in line with the artist's image. Correct. That ties in together as a whole package that made the concert very interesting in itself. Yes. It, so it, it it truly felt like a marshmallow only concert. Within mm-hmm. the game, mm-hmm. like it was catered for that, mm-hmm. but I do felt some some disappointments or some negative points out of that concert. Mm-hmm. For example, like I do notice, like there are streamers who want to be with their friends in with their same group of friends, but they got separated. But ah, I do okay. understand though, as an engineer okay. myself, I bet it was a very challenging engineering problem mm-hmm. because. Um, I think I don't know. Um, I think it there was it was concurrent to millions of viewers. Within the game itself, mm-hmm. right? So, I'm sure that the one server cannot handle it. So they had to put a lot of these um, players into different mm-hmm. servers, and because of that, it, it the, the experience kind of felt like, hey, how come instead of usually in a stadium you have three thousand, four thousand mm-hmm. people cheering for that artist together, now one server maybe you can get fifty to hundred people, and then the others mm. are separated in different servers. So you're saying that one server, which is Equivalent to one stage room mm. has very little people. Like there's not enough crowd to bring the hype up. Uh, yes, kind of. Okay, like, okay. Like you know, like the one one great thing about concerts, real life concerts, is like you are hyped up by the atmosphere from the audience, right, as well, right, not just from the artists. And I felt that was a little bit missing from the Marshmallow concert. Okay, and you also mentioned earlier that you realized friends were being separated. Correct. Into different uh, stage rooms mm. per se. So, so just to clarify on that point, do you mean like as a as a friend group of like maybe five people, I log into Fortnite together, mm. wanting to attend the same concert and and have our avatars be by uh, each other's side, mm. but because of the technical or infrastructure limitations, this group of five friends ended up being separated. Yeah. That I think that's also an issue in Roblox, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I I I was thinking about that at the back of my head. So Roblox had its first uh virtual concert uh in November, I think, of twenty twenty. And I was there. Uh, oh, and you were there. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> my first virtual concert. So what happened was uh so I so I, w- I went I went with my boyfriend, right? And then we wanted to go together. Like like we actually prepared for the concert because of time zone differences I had to wake up at like what 5am in the morning because <laughs> they operated in US time uh, and my boyfriend was in US so so we co- coordinated from that front and then when the actual countdown happened uh, pre-concert mm. um, what happened was I was being brought to a different stage room than him so we ended up being separated ah uh, yeah see that's, that's yeah, a similar yeah. problem right so the problem the problem lies in the random assigning of different users to different server rooms mm. With the disregard of where which social group you are part of. Yeah, maybe there might be some ways they can solve this. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think, I think because for these type of uh, in-game virtual uh, concerts, they are not meant to be full-blown concerts. Like they are meant to be kind of like uh, ad hoc 
So uh-huh. there is no ticketing system in that way. Like if there was a ticketing system whereby they know in advance how many people will be uh, joining and and who are in who are in um, separate like or different respective friend groups, then they can have a uh, structure that could help assign users to servers or stage rooms in advance, so uh-huh. that you wouldn't get separated last minute. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yes. Right. I would do that. I think I would ask my friends to queue up with me first so that we could get I mean we could enjoy the experience together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so so that was that was actually uh, the types of virtual concerts that we we saw pre-COVID I mean Roblox was during the COVID period right. uh, but but just extending on the point of what we are seeing pre-COVID versus COVID right COVID is when we started to see more in-game virtual concerts continue to happen but also at the same time we, for the first time, uh, we see paid live streams of full-blown physical concerts happening with great publicity. Ah, that's the one that I joined, right? Blackpink. Blackpink one. is one of them. So Blackpink had 280,000 virtual viewers. They earned an estimate amount of 10 to $11 million in one day of a concert that lasted for like 100 minutes. Oh, I contributed to that. Thank you so much, James, <laughs> for contributing to, to the musical industry. But other than Blackpink, there's also a more insane uh, example. Oh, there's what is BTS. It? Ah, another K-pop and so group. Inter- it's so coincidental that both of them are like Korean uh, K-pop groups. So BTS had a a, a one-day concert as well. They gathered seven hundred and fifty-six thousand virtual viewers concurrently watching the same concert, and they earned about twenty million dollars. In one day, this twenty million dollars, by the way, is equivalent to about like f- the earnings you can get from fifteen, uh, fifty thousand seat stadium concerts. That's insane. That's in one day, and mm-hmm. well, that's the power of internet, right? You can do it nowadays because of yeah, technology. Yeah, and and the beauty of it is one concert only lasts for one hundred minutes. Yes, that's. It's like look at us. We are like like slogging away in the corporate world, and and how much are we earning in one hundred minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I give uh, like twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you hinting for a race? <laughs> <laughs> right, no, but but I I'm just so mind blown by this fact, right? Like, yeah, sure, like fans have responded very positively to quarantine concerts, and it's not just statistics from Blackpink and BTS uh, that have shown this. So if you take a look at the broader live streaming, oh, sorry, not live streaming, but virtual concert landscape two types of uh, virtual concerts, right? The in-game concerts that we talked about mm. and also live stream of physical concerts. Mm. Overall, if you take a look at the Twitch platform, live streams happening on Twitch from a period uh, from 8th of March to 22nd of March, uh, this live stream uh, trend actually boosted viewership of its music and performing arts category of streams by six times from, uh, from 92,000 average viewers to 574,000 average viewers. Oh, so the yep. adoption because of COVID has been incredible. Exactly. And on another lens, looking at Google searches for Instagram Live, they have also increased rapidly since, um, since the quarantine rules happened, lockdown happened, and some archived, archived, not even live, you know, archived quarantine live streams like John Legend and Chris Martin from Coplay, uh, already have 1 million views or more on YouTube. Just the archive? Just the archive. Oh, that's insane. So people one are million so- 1 re- views in like a cup in a matter of like maybe, maybe days, months, it's a lot coming from the fact that they are just like performing, right? Yeah. Uh, and also, it's also interesting to know that, you know, there is a Beverly Hills-based concert promoter uh, 
who is also the world's leading ticketing and entertainment company called Live Nation Entertainment. In January of 2021, this year, they they announced that they have acquired a majority stick in a live streaming company called Veeps, which hosted close to 1,000 ticketed streaming shows in 2020. That's equivalent to two to three concerts a day in 2020 alone. Oh, so you can see that even the industry is acknowledging that all of uh, the virtual concerts are booming right now. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, from one perspective, you could you could argue that oh, like people have no choice, right? The performers oh, have no true. choice. Mm. I mean, th I mean, pre-COVID days, most of their earnings came from tours and concerts. Correct. Now that that is slashed, then they have to naturally find an alternative revenue generating stream, which is what we have discussed. But the question is, then. Do you think that in the current search of virtual concerts, do you think this trend will continue to stay once things go back to normal? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, it has to be modified though. It won't be this the same experience that you get now because I do see some um, problems with how everything is run at the moment. For example, I could share a bit of my experience um, watching the Blackpink concert, right? It felt very one way. Mm -hmm. There was minimal interaction between the artists as compared uh, and us, the mm -hmm. viewers. For example, in live concerts, it, you could, let's say, personalize. For example, um, the artist could say, shout like, um, Singapore, blah, 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 blah. And then it, it felt more personal because you know that, oh, the artists that I admire are actually there. But can't they do that virtually as well? Yeah, but they have to cater to multiple countries at once. How do they do that? Oh, that's true. That's true. No, oh, okay, okay, okay. Like, like I get you what mentioned you mean. Black, uh, Blackpink and BTS, right? Mm -hmm. They probably live stream to hundred countries at the same time within that hour, and well, you can't really personalize something that's so mass massive. Mm, okay, okay, and and also there is also a subcategory whereby the concert is happening live, but actually the concert was pre-recorded. Ah, uh, yeah, that's another problem. Actually, with the Blackpink one, some parts were pre-recorded. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. and. Oh, actually, even, do you know the DJ um, festival mm -hmm. Tomorrowland? Mm -hmm. In fact, I think they are just saying it blatantly like, hey, we pre-recorded some of these performances in order to produce the effects mm -hmm. that we want. So it's as if that you are in the show mm -hmm. in, in Tomorrowland, but then you realize, hey, it's actually pre-recorded. So it does diminish the experience a little bit. You know? Right, so right, okay. When you ask the question like whether it's going to stay, I think it's going to stay, but it will be changing. Um, the way the, the format works, it won't be another full live stream concert. So more like a more like a supplement to the actual physical concert in itself. I think so. Yes, I do really think so because now I see the potential. Now that. You know, people are more, they know that all these media companies, they know that people are willing to spend money on even live stream concert. Mm -hmm. They are probably, especially with the lockdown fatigue. Right, right. They're probably more willing to spend money to attend a real concert. Right, right. But no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you that virtual concerts definitely need to establish themselves as a new type of content format and not a new live format, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, so it could be a different kind of distribution channel for the concert itself. What I mean by that is, for example, let's say Blackpink have uh, plans to have a concert in Singapore, but what if you can tease some performances 
using the virtual concert, whether in game or even through YouTube, for mm-hmm. example. That way, you could get、um, or hype up the concert. It's a marketing device, lah.、Mm-hmm. It becomes the now the live stream concert becomes a marketing device for the real concert to get people to know to be aware of your concert, and then. They would actually attend the real concert,、mm-hmm. but that's that's thinking on the supply side, the performance side, where they see the value in virtual concerts from that promotional front, and they want to continue that as、yes. a lead up to the actual one. But I think I think drawing on the same concept, but then flipping it to the demand side, when I talk about them having to identify this new content format identity in order to fulfill their maximum potential. I really mean a new content format where fans are not paying for a live music substitute, but rather the privilege of being able to witness an entirely new technological feat. And one example that I can think of is the Billie Eilish. Ah,、uh, sorry, Billie. I mean Billie Eilish concert series,、uh, whereby so basically Billie Eilish, Billie Eilish is like. Performing against a backdrop of a visualization of enormous animated creatures, fantastical landscapes、uh, swirling around her and interacting with the singer.、Oh. So it's like a, it's like almost like as if she is performing in front of a green screen, and then there's like this huge crazy interaction that's going on behind her with her that makes the viewer go like, oh, this is so strange, but I'm loving it. Oh, it's really cool. I mean, like if you slap on layers of interactivity,、uh, direct interaction between artists and fans, that could. Also, be a a、uh, add on to this new content content format that I'm I'm talking about. So, so it makes them not a direct comparison to like oh this is just a live stream. Oh, that's true. Then this it becomes a completely different experience that correct, you're expecting. Correct. Yeah, yeah, and and a new experience that you can never get attending a real life concert. Ah, that's true.、Mm-hmm. Oh, it makes reminds me of the Travis Scott concert in Fortnite. What about it? It's just you can't get a giant size Travis Scott picking up the stars from the sky <laughs> oh, and throwing it at you. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's that's the cool thing about being an avatar within、mm-hmm. that world, right? It although it lacks the direct interaction with the artist, but you still get this immersive experience as a viewer to、mm-hmm. this to this concert or event. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But do you think like is there a way to make it even better? Do you think in the future? Because I'm thinking, right? What if you add VR into this? I think people have tried and thought about VR concerts, like pre-COVID days. Oh, is it? Definitely, some people must have must have had the thought, or or rather, uh, had been experimenting with it. But if you Think about marrying the concept of like crazy technological like visualization and everything,、uh, with a VR concept. I think that could. I'm not sure whether that would be the inflection point of VR headsets per se, because、mm. I do feel like for such a live, uh, in-game concerts. Let's just talk about in-game con-、okay. in-game concerts, right? For for such a setting, if you are not attending it live, uh, and viewing it from the point of view of your avatar. Or rather, you are viewing it from a the third party's point of view. Then it, it looks a bit lame, isn't it? Like you're just、ah, watching yeah, a cartoon. Yeah, that's true though. <laughs> it's like watching a cartoon without a plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Watching a cartoon without a plot, and and that is why I think that. I think that like I I mean it could go both ways. For me, it's a it's a no. Like I don't think VR will will become popular because of in-game virtual concerts. Ah, that's true though, but. 
But then even when you see that VR may not be the inflection point, it may not be the inflection point of VR, I do think that it could add some layer of interact immersiveness towards the experience. Immersiveness, yes, but is the immersive factor strong enough ah, for yes, people yes, to definitely. say like, oh, I want to buy a VR, VR headset, headset because I want to attend a particular concert. Yeah, maybe too costly as, as well. For oh, well, well if, if you are attending a particular concert live, I can potentially see a group of people who who really like, like who really want to go into such experiences. Yeah, but then for the masses, it may not be worth it for them. Uh, price of VR headset could be a ticket to the real concert. Mm, maybe, maybe, but I think generally speaking, virtual concerts to me is here to stay. Oh. Even without VR headsets. Oh yeah, I agree. agree. <laughs> because because I think that co- the the consumer behavior that uh, was cultivated in COVID will stay post COVID, and these things include like the normalization of online purchases, whereby purchasing online concerts becomes just like another e-commerce purchase. Like people are comfortable purchasing things online. So, if you want to purchase, say, a a concert in Roblox. Then it's just like oh another in-app purchase. Oh, that's true. Right, like, people have that change mindset because of COVID. yeah, yeah, con- correct, correct. Like, so it's not about viewing the concert as a concert, but viewing a concert as like oh in-game experience. I see. Or like an in-game experience in exchange for some exclusive digital assets. That could uh-huh. be one way. And then another another reason for why I think COVID consumer behavior will continue to stay is because uh, there have ha- there has been a normalization of live streaming as a distribution channel included in the daily jobs of artists. So this includes things like artist to fan interaction by existing social media, Insta stories, for example, and even down to apps like Cameo, uh, whereby basically you can immediately apply that uh, artist to fan interaction in a in the virtual kind of setting mm. uh, indirectly mm. uh, and then and then have the end user experience the, the intimacy of virtual life I see yeah mm-hmm. then in that way it kind of fulfills the the problem that I mentioned earlier where the there's minimal direct interaction with the artist mm-hmm. they could use these other platforms as a supplement Mm-hmm. from their real concert. And and also when, when we talk about normalization of live streaming as a distribution channel, right? It also points to the point whereby the angle at which you view the artist also impacts that experience that you have. So for example, if you were to attend a real life concert, maybe you are seeing the artist like as a tiny speck, like very far away. Mm. But then if you are looking at a virtual concert, then you are literally seeing him up close. And then see the very fact that you are seeing him up close brings back the intimacy that you have with the artist. Ah, yeah, it's possible. It's yeah? possible, definitely yeah. possible. And then also, I also thought about the normalization of paid access to exclusive content. So pre-COVID, this is already happening, right? Uh, uh, for example, uh, you want to consume exclusive content from, say, an influencer, mm. and the influencer markets that on Patreon, for example, or OnlyFans, or like BuyMeACoffee.com, and this act of normalizing uh, a user having to pay to consume a content has already been around for a very long time and and the fact that virtual concerts is just another format of content that that needs to be paid to to access is a very natural transition that was accelerated by covid mm. ah now i get what you mean i think now now i'm convinced that it is mm-hmm, here to stay mm-hmm. coupled with the fact that you know technology would definitely become better and cheaper 
to stream. Uh, yes. So much so that you know, in addition to a better user experience, um, in in the sense of being more immersive, more social, no lag. Uh, you also you also can have the the advantage of, you know, being able to scale this up, on multiple folds. Yes, um, scaling is always um, one of the motivator of why technology is so prevalent mm-hmm. nowadays mm-hmm. because it's easy to scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when when you talk about scaling, it's not just live streaming per se, right? It's also the about the motion capture technology. Yes. Like like I know pre COVID at least it used to be very expensive to just do, a, like maybe like one episode of like motion capturing, of an of an yeah, uh, like I think art, you, you artist. Need, you need special cameras and everything. You need special cameras. You need special like like I think like outfits. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So the fact that there are already companies that are, are coming up with this specialized and niche service that helps artists and music labels um, do virtual concerts without, without the need of gaming platforms is one step forward to making virtual concert, uh, concerts more um, mainstream. I don't like the word mainstream, but a more widely consumed type of content format. Oh, that's true. And it's... Uh Plus point for the artists as well, because now with the with virtual concert, like for example BTS, mm-hmm. they could reach a lot of countries at once. Mm-hmm. They don't have to spend some travel expenses to travel to that country, get some accommodation, uh, set up the stage there. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of cost. But now the profit is purely like, hey, I'm gonna set up this stage for one day. I'm gonna live stream it to 100 countries, and even though the tickets are much cheaper than what they are in the stadiums, for example, you can get a lot more viewers in one t- at one How time. How much cheaper are these tickets usually? I think um, for Blackpink, I paid about 30, 40 bucks. Like oh, then that's easily like what? Ten folds. Eight to ten times. Yeah. Woo! And and what's good is the artist or the music label. Do not need to pay for accommodation, like said, transport. Yeah. They can just and transport is a huge expense. It's it really, is. it's really huge, right? And 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 then you ca- you can basically, I guess, cut out some of the middlemen as well, promoters, concert venue managers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There are so many. I but think <laughs> there are a things that we don't know yet, like how how it's run, but it's definitely much more efficient. Mm-hmm. And less tiring for the artists as well, if you, if you think about it. They don't have to spend three months touring around the world Mm-mm. performing performing um, a repeated set. That's true, that's true. And yeah, it's it's good for them as well. And with the, the I'll say, cheaper technology, as you, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, as the motion tracking becomes cheaper, they could make, if maybe in the future, in the near future, the experience could be much more immersive, much more marvelous mm-hmm. like you can get grander effects right, right. than what you get in concerts right, right right so so instead of having conducting a physical tour around the nation you basically conduct a virtual tour and the tour doesn't have to be like one month <laughs> that's what you're saying and that's interesting because Fortnite also recently uh, publicly mentioned uh, that they view themselves as a tour stop for artists and I think in September 2020, they launched a three-week-long concert series whereby their value proposition to brands is like if you are on tour, you will want to stop uh, on the Fortnite stage. It's a very unique way to get in front of audiences that you might not be reaching through 
other means. So things like, for example, Fortnite or maybe like even talk about Roblox, right? Roblox, the median age uh, of users is like what? 8 to 10 to 12 years old. And and artists are usually like, for example, if it's like Travis Scott wants to expand on his uh, listenership base to the younger audience. Mm. Like what better way to target them than to be on the gaming platform that they are already in? Uh-huh, that's true. That's the way you can reach out to even more audience. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can earn more from, I don't know, your Spotify earnings, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, maybe. Because mm-hmm. now you have more listeners, definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you reach out to these people who usually might not have heard their mm-hmm. music or anything. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing, though, is that so far, in-game concerts last for about like 15 minutes maximum. Because so far, they have only been utilizing that as a promotional platform for an artist's new song uh, release and things like that. Um, so they are not exactly full-blown concerts yet. We oh. do know that people are paying for full-blown concerts, right? B- BTS, Blackpink, etc. But the question is, will people eventually pay for in-game virtual concerts post-COVID or even during COVID for that matter? Hmm. Personally, for me, personally, I, I don't think I will pay. Like, like I said, I think the tech infrastructure is still lacking. Unless they solve the problem, like mm-hmm. that, that we mentioned, where you could actually hang out with your mm-hmm. friends, or the crowd size becomes much bigger to make it feel like a true stadium experience, mm-hmm. then it's it's still not the concert experience that I I would value that I would want, or I would pay money for. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe if I really, 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 really like the artist, then I will do that. Mm-hmm. But if let's say um, there's an artist that I usually don't um, really listen to, uh, like they're famous, but I don't really listen to them, I, I probably won't pay for the live stream concert. And mm. you know, there's this, I don't know, when you go to a concert, don't you have this like starstruck feeling like, hey, these are the people that I really, really admire. Then like, mm-hmm. oh my God, they're so close to me. And they're performing their, um, hit songs in front of me. Mm-hmm. That's an so you are only willing to pay. You get to see them in their actual human form and not in their avatar form. Yeah, I think so. Would you agree with that? I, I I do agree that I have. I think I have the same sentiments as you in the sense that I don't think people will eventually pay for in-game virtual concerts because I don't. I just don't see how such a thing will become like a hundred minute concert because then it will be like watching a cartoon without a plot like like what we have discussed before. Um, But there could be other motivations for someone to pay to watch. Oh, what what do you think? I can't think of anything actually. So so if let's say you are a, a user of like Fortnite already and you can earn some exclusive digital assets as a result of attending a concert or any other like social status uh enhancing uh, object that you can get that can help you boost digital identity then people might have the incentive to kind of ah, yeah yeah that makes sense that makes a lot of sense because now I think a lot of games are doing that like, yeah I mean like people are already buying skins decorating their own like social world spending so much time and effort into it so then extending this to being a byproduct of attending a virtual concert could definitely help but then then again, then at the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, then what's the point? Like, is the point really to watch the concert or is the point to to yeah. get the digital good? I've actually purchased some digital goods myself just because it's time limited. Ah, okay, okay. Like, hey, it's a limited time event, but it's a, like the character mm-hmm. only ha- appears once a year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, oh, uh, I don't want to pay, but 
damn it, I'm gonna pay. Right, but I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter for the performer because they are gonna get the earnings anyway. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of like selling merchandise, don't you think? Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all of these yeah. YouTubers, um, or for example, all these artists, there. when you go to the concert, they're actually selling merchandise. Mm-hmm. This could be, although now, like you mentioned, like what if they um, do not, like the real purpose is not to watch the concert, mm-hmm. but to um, buy the merchandise. It's mm-hmm. still revenue for the artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so to sum it up, I think people would basically get bored if they see 100 minutes of Travis Scott, uh, Travis Scott dancing and prancing around the same uh, virtual area. Hmm. And therefore, it is very important, back to the point, uh, for these virtual cons- concerts to establish themselves as a entirely new content format. So much so that you are not watching a, you are not watching a video, but you are watching something that can arouse certain emotions certain sensories more than just you know just watching a YouTube video type of experience ah that's true oh you know what actually this just came to my mind mm-hmm. but you you know the, who who would be perfect for virtual in-game concerts who the VTubers VTubers yeah do you know what VTubers Those are VTubers that are trending in Japan yes uh, I think they are growing not outside Japan okay, as well okay. but basically um, VTubers are this they call it, they call themselves virtual tubers. Virtual tubers. So um, on when they, when they stream on Twitch or whatever platform that may be, they have this avatar, mm-hmm. their character mm-hmm. that they have designed, and you never see their face mm-hmm. in real life. Maybe the voice is not even real voice because they have um, did some editing onto their voice, right? But then like this, imagine this character for them is their second identity in mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. People don't know who the real one is. Mm-hmm. Then, um, what if this VTuber content creators, they specialize in music, musical content. Mm-hmm. Then when they perform an in-game concert, this could be a full-blown concert. Oh, as in, oh, okay, yeah, I get what you mean. So in the sense that, because there's no, okay, from the user's point of view, there's no comparison of this, this cartoon character, mm. <laughs> VTuber. Uh, uh, there's no comparison of this digital character to the to how it would be like, how it would act like, how it would sound like if it were a physical, like, real thing. Mm. So, so that means to say that um, a VTuber avatar hosting a concert would be more attractive than a Travis Scott avatar's concert. Exactly. Because now you don't know who they are in real life. Mm-hmm. But for Travis Scott or Blackpink, you know, like, Hey, I want to see the real them. Why would mm-hmm. why would I want to see a virtual ah, version okay, of okay. themselves? Okay, okay. So for for real, for VTubers, their real thing is just the the digital thing in itself. Correct. There's no comparison to the physical, the real, right. the real thing. Because the real thing is the digital thing. Okay. okay. <laughs> right. So I think it might be popular in Japan if it Isn't happens. Isn't it already popular? I mean, I know Kizuna. Kizuna Ai. Kizuna Ai. Yeah, but they, I don't think that any VTubers have done full blown live stream concert. I don't think so. Have they done physical concerts? Oh, uh, no, no. I mean, they have not. They have just used streaming as their platform mm-hmm. to. Oh, get they haven't the done the in game type of virtual concerts, yeah. you're saying? But imagine if Fortnite or Roblox decide, hey, I want to become a partner to this community of YouTubers. Mm-hmm. And let's say I'm going to make it easy for them to be able to um, put their avatar into my platform. 
and then invite the users mm-hmm. to invite yeah, yeah. their viewers to go into Fortnite, for example, and watch them. Um, watch their favorite VTuber right. actually perform a concert in front of them. So to sum it up, it basically VTubers, by the very fact that their real self is their digital self, it makes it easier for people to accept them when they perform uh, in a virtual world. Exactly. Because there's no comparison to how they act or look like in the real life. Like, like you would for Blackpink. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, the transition now becomes mm-hmm. more natural. I saw Blackpink's avatar, you know, by what's the company? Zapito. I Zapito. It yeah. looks, I don't know, it looks a bit weird. Yeah, like, like, like I would see myself, I can see myself getting bored after 15 minutes. Like you find it, I, I think you find it weird just because of the fact that you have seen the real Blackpink. Mm-hmm. But now if you're used to, imagine if you have, imagine if you can forget about how Blackpink looks like in real life and what if Blackpink was known to be a VTuber group? Then you'll be like, hey, that is Blackpink. Mm. But now, because you have seen the real Blackpink, the transition becomes a bit weirder for you. Right, right. unnatural, right? Right. Wow, first impressions do count. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I I, I do think the VTuber community could leverage on this trend of Mm -hmm. in-game life. But then if that's the case, why do you think they haven't hopped onto this trend? Like given uh, given the point that they are the easiest to hop onto this track, I think personally because the platform is not yet available for them. Right now, if you watch all the VTubers, they're either in YouTube or Twitch. It's kind of like two D, right? If you think about it, two mm. D in a sense like you can only see the top half of their character, but you can't see them actually moving their arms, their legs, oh, and okay, everything, okay. moving with the stage and everything. But imagine if Fortnite says like, "Hey, we're opening up this." Concert, concert ah, kind of event okay, okay. to all of you. Well, then that sounds like there's still a long way to go because these VTubers have to learn social awareness. Exactly. I, I think it, 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 still, it will take time. First, there has to be a platform that makes this available. And I think Fortnite, Roblox are the perfect platform for this kind of event. Mm-hmm. Just that they have to make it easier for all these partner VTuber to, to follow or join that, that, that movement. Mm, right, right, right. I guess it's more of a matter of the Western companies adopting the VTuber concept and coming up with their own VTuber characters. Correct. Because the current VTuber, like popular VTubers uh, that we know are mainly based in Japan, right? I and and they're so more too. like anime based. Yeah. Right? So Not so much, uh, I, I don't know how appealing it is to the, to the rest of the world, but then it's definitely not like, oh, a popular singer that I already know of, yes. that kind of thing. Hmm. And so then, and then, if you were to come up with a new character, uh, say like Fortnite were to come up with a new character, a new VTuber character, then a lot of effort has to put be be put behind storytelling, character development, yeah. things like that. So it'll be. I think personally, it'll be easier for if the VTuber are able to like export their avatar into Fortnite, because now from two D to three D. Oh, you get what okay. I mean? Yes, yes, yes. Mm. In that mm. sense, um, it'll be a good platform for this kind of event. Okay. So, otherwise, okay. otherwise it will still be kind of 2D, then they'll just use YouTube and Twitch, right? Okay, so 2D to 3D, transformation has to take place, and also the addition of social awareness for these characters. Correct. Nice. I think, I think we have covered quite a lot on virtual concerts as a concept in general, both live stream and in-game. I think now's a good time to end our episode. Yeah. I mean, I, I think so too, but I don't know. 
maybe next time we can explore some other concepts that we have, we have talked Definitely. about. Definitely. I mean, there are so many things we can explore further, including things like uh, talking about the metaverse space in general, because virtual concepts are just an application of metaverses. Correct. And, you know, metaverses do have more applications beyond that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Yep. So, All I right. guess that's it for this episode. See you guys. See you next time.